This is going the ultra mile. I'm Keelan Harrington, and my guest today is Coco Vinny. Coco Vinny, the name you'll get into it in a second, but I appreciate you coming on the show, and thank you so much because I know you're busy. Hey, Keelan, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Excited. So, just to put a bit of context in for the audience, you're known as Coco Vinny. I would regard you as a serial entrepreneur. You've been on the Shark Tank and on the Profit, two of the biggest business TV shows on the planet. You've been on both. You've been successful. So. Tell people the backstory a little bit. What do you do? How do you have the name Coco Vinny? Why were you on those two shows? All right. Well, yeah, I'm Coco Vinny. Uh, my company is called Coco Taps. So Coco Taps is basically an invention. I got my own patented invention. It's a tap that actually allows you to get right into a coconut. So if you see behind me in this background, there's a tapped coconut back there. Um, it's the freshest coconut water you can drink. And I got the invention, the idea from tasting all the shit coconut water out there, plastic bottles, packaged, processed, you know, all the top ones that are selling billions of dollars taste like shit. And I thought I hated coconut water. I thought I hated coconuts. But when I cracked one open fresh, uh, it was a totally different experience. So I, I, I basically said, how do we get this, this truth serum to the people instead of the plastic processed stuff? And uh, I broke lots of knives, almost took off my fingers trying to get into coconuts. And uh, I ended up inventing this tool called the Coco Tap Toolkit. So it's a little tapper tool, makes a hole in the coconut, and then the tap screws in. And over the uh, past few years, it's evolved into a fully, we brand them, custom, tap them, deliver them to all the resorts, cruise ships. We're uh, expanding into different countries and states, and it's... Uh, kind of how we got onto those shows just by playing the ukulele and and showing up with the big shaved juicy coconuts <laughs> it sounds very simple but again like all great things in life you know albert einstein said if you can't explain something to a child that is that simple you yourself don't understand it so whilst the concept is simple you're the man that came up with it and that made it happen but you're in quite a successful phase of your life now expanding out the brand it's rapidly growing you've got contracts coming and going out the wazoo and i hear vegas and hawaii and cruise ships and you i think we talk about africa at some stage and like norway sweden so you're all over the place man but you weren't always this successful. You know, you came from a challenging background. You know, it wasn't always smooth sailing. Do you want to talk a little bit about what was the starting point that brought you from where you were to where you are now? Yeah, so uh, definitely. My, uh, my key saying in everything we do daily is every setback is a setup for a comeback. And it all started uh, when I was like 15 years old. Major family setback. My father went to prison. We lost everything, our house, our cars. We, we pretty much almost ended up homeless. He got, my dad got 25 years to life in prison. Uh, I became head of household real young. And that's the setback that set me up for the strong entrepreneurial, um, you know, survival mentality, thrive mentality that I've developed. And so I was able uh, to catapult from, you know, almost being homeless with mom and sisters to, uh, starting my first business at 17, working, you know, endless hours, buying my first house at 18, and then building lots of different businesses to ultimately end up at Coco Taps. But I've done pretty much everything you can imagine. Uh, my first company, I had a sports therapy business. I had 
18 therapists working for me, you know, fixing people's necks and backs and sports injuries. Um, I've sold everything. I've had a cattle ranch. I've brokered big art deals to the resorts on the strip in Las Vegas. I've raised millions of dollars for different startup companies, including my own. Um, it's just every little uh, adventure, everything that you do is uh, somehow win, lose or draw paying tuition towards your next deal. You know, you're, you're basically refining your trade and, and perfecting your skill as a, as a person, business, family, personal health, everything. It all has to come in. You have to learn. You got to take your licks. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a lot of ideas out there, or at least people have the perception that, you know, things just happen or this this man or woman has something I don't or they were lucky or I don't know, different versions of that idea. Whereas it's not, you know, we all have challenging events that occur in life. And I mean, if you look at families, you could have five siblings one ends up in prison and one ends up a millionaire. You know, you grew up in the same circumstances. You have the same parents, the same environment. Uh, how do you end up having five different results? And it's about how you choose to respond. So you definitely channel that in the most positive way possible. A lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility, I imagine. Kind of, you know, helping take care of the household at such a young age comes with its costs. But you stepped up and you rose to the challenge. And again, you can come up with reasons and excuse yourself from it, or you can come up with results. And you definitely came up with results and, you know, brought this massive accomplishment to the table. And that you must feel very proud having been able to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's a good feeling to overcome an obstacle or a, or a you know, mind-boggling or, or just earth-shattering you know, earthquake or disaster to be able to rebuild or build something new out of the rubble is, is always a great, amazing feeling. So, you know, mainly I had to unlearn a lot of things that I thought I should be doing or that I, you know, you, you, you have the societal invisible pressures on you that you don't even realize you're responding to. So those are some of the things that I had to learn throughout my twenties on, you know, not to should all over yourself is what I say, you know, because hmm everybody's telling you what you should do and you shouldn't do this. And it's a bunch of should. Uh, and so, um, I just, I just had to unlearn all that in order to really line in on my purpose and on my passion. And, uh, that, that figured out for me around my thirties, early thirties. I said, you know what? I care about people. I care about the planet and the environment and I want to have fun. And so with those three, you know, core motives and those, those, I call them non-negotiables. That's what, that's what it took me 20 years, you know, from 15 to literally 30 or 15 years to figure that shit out. And then it took me another seven years to just find out what that was going to be. So it takes a lot, a lot of work. Yeah, but at least you did it because there's so many people and they're always afraid to take the first step. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why we've got the podcast here, Going the Ultra Mile. It's about demonstrating to people how to go the ultra mile in their lives. And it starts with taking one step in a direction that's scary as hell because you never know when you get out of your comfort zone and the knowns and the securities, one never knows what that's going to lead to. And ultimately... I don't care who you are. It leads to failure, you know, but you hear the likes of Bob Proctor, Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, all these people, you will fail your way to success. And like that, you had your cattle ranch, you had other startup companies, you know, your 
physios and things like that. And, uh, you know, some of them thrived and flourished. Some of them failed. But you learned from every experience and you rolled it up into the next and you built this momentum, which from the most important standpoint was the one in your head up here, how to learn and grow and adapt to things and carry that experience through to the next venture. So now here you are, you're founder and CEO of Coco Taps. You've got this rapidly expanding business, probably not your last, but it's definitely very successful one. What was it like going through that part of the journey and dealing with the negativity? Because all these great journeys, you know, you, you have the naysayers, you have the, the doubters, as you say, the shoulds that sit on the peripheral. What was that like and how did you navigate it? Well, you know, what? It's, it's crazy because you navigate it. I'm navigating it today. People are still non-believers. People still, even though I'm in all the resorts on the strip and traction and you have proof and you get, you know, their main excuse the last four years, four and a half years was, oh, it's too simple. You'll never get a patent on this. Well, I got the fucking patent right here. You know what I mean? And so those are the kinds of things that um, you just got to, you got to keep going and you can't listen to the noise. It's like, I tell people, if you're in a race and you're running your race, staying in your lane, running your race to your plan, it doesn't matter where anyone else is on the lanes next to you. And it doesn't matter what the hell they're saying in the stands. You run your race, you stay focused, you execute your plan, and you you are the only one that has to uh, answer to in the mirror in the morning and, and when you lay your head down at night. You do what you got to do for you and pay yourself first. And that's what I've done. I've learned to not listen to the bill collectors when they're hounding you for the money. Where's my money? Well, you know what? I'm going to get you your money, but you're going to stand in line because I'm paying myself first. I'm buying inventory. I'm going to go sell this and you get your money later. So you'll wait. Everybody else, all that is just noise. You have to learn to really tune out all that noise and all that bullshit is really with a trick to the trade. I mean, to keep going and, and keep executing because it's hard. You're never going to have enough cash. You're never going to have enough supporters or, you know, at, at when you're growing something that's never been done before, or you're heading on a trail. And I call them uh, mountain goats. You know, all the goats are going to be chirping at you, but you just got to keep trekking on that trail. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And you know what? There's never an easy time to make those hard decisions. And what I would always put back to people who are saying, oh, you'll never get the patent or I know that whatever thing that happened to you 20 years ago, it's like, okay, great. But what was the point in bringing that up? Where are you in life? What have you done? How have you contributed? Have you added value back to the world? If you have, great. I would have thought you'd have more experience and understanding to not take this negative approach. If you haven't, hey, focus on yourself because if you can put your life in order instead of focusing on mine, um, you'll be a lot better off for us. And it's... It might sound simple, but it's just an unfortunate part of the human condition where I think when we see people that are moving life in a direction that we ourselves would like to be in, instead of kind of going, hey, man, Vinny, I know where he came from. I know the hustle he had to go through. It was hard, but look, he got there. It's like we forget to filter that ego. And suddenly instead of, you know, that that instead love and hate is like a very close relationship and the message gets perturbed. That ego forgets to get filtered. Instead of going, hey, he did really good. It's like, F that guy, you know? 
I'm going to take him down. You know, he doesn't know nothing. And and unfortunately, it tends to lean in that direction. Uh, but that's just part of human nature and growing as a person. And I think you having been able to deal with that, get out the other side to be successful in an irony. And I've seen this and I've talked to people um I connected with uh, people in Grant Cardone, you know, and they were saying that Grant turned some of his greatest haters into his fans in the end. And having the ability to be able to take it on the chain, listen to them, explore it, they go through their journey. Suddenly they get to know a bit about you that you didn't know or you judged wrongly from the outside. And they're like, oh, hang on a second. I got that wrong. And it's all part of a process. It's part of human nature. And uh, being able to deal with that is a great sign of your character and strength. So... You went through that. You went from the teenage years, setting up these multiple businesses, learning how to deal with the negativity. Now you're on this rapid expanding business of the Coco Taps. What's in the future? Is it going to be Coco Taps? You know, what can you talk about? What are the visions for this serial entrepreneur? What's next? Yeah, so um, there's there's a lot coming with Coco Taps. We actually have been developing during COVID. It's uh, allowed us to step back and put some of the operations on pause for a minute, everything closed down for a while. And when things were on pause, we used it as a sort of a whiteboard to figure out <clears throat> all the things we wanted to do in the future, what could we do now? And so over this last seven months, while this has been going on, we literally have built a machine and you can kind of see in my background, the Tapomatic machine, um, it's literally uh, going to change the face of the coconut industry. Um, we're going to be putting these machines all over. And you can put a coconut right in the machine, <clears throat> touch screen. It'll go up into the machine. It'll tap it, put a logo brand, laser brand it. And then it'll insert any kind of liquor like a Bacardi rum or Grey Goose or whiskey or tequila. And right into your coconut in less than 30 seconds, you'll have a branded tapped coconut cocktail. That's going to really, really elevate the experience uh, for the alcohol brands, for all of the things that we're doing um, with distribution. It's going to be fresh tapped and you're going to see the raw coconut go up in and come out. And so that right there is the most exciting thing, because I think over the next 10 years, we'll probably have 50,000 of these machines in the market. And I've created a sort of a razor razor blade system. Large razor goes into the bars. These are the blades and the coconuts, and we just print money. I mean, I'm literally we're gonna we're creating the most cost effective way to have a fresh coconut, and um, that's where all the other brands are. Uh, we're zero waste, so we're the first zero waste certified company in all of Las Vegas. Our taps aren't even plastic anymore; they're made out of an ocean safe, ocean biodegradable. Um, and backyard compostable corn flour. It's like a maize corn flour, if you think of cereal. So it took us three years to mm -hmm. work with a group out here in, in California to evolve this. And you can literally bury this in the backyard and it'll turn back into food for the worms and the earth. So um, super proud of it, man. I mean, it's we're environmentally conscious, we're health conscious for the people, for the planet. We wanna build thousands of jobs for communities all over the world. And um, <clears throat> and just keep growing. I mean, just like a tree. And, and the coconut is an amazing analogy for growth because it's one of the most 
resilient, evolved plants in the world. And so we, I, 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 you know, compare my life to a coconut and it's, and it's evolution and it's journey, but the coconut will sprout and it can grow without soil. It'll literally, it depends on the ocean to spread its seed. It's, it's just an amazing, um, resilient plant and it's got hurricane resistant properties. The root systems are different from any other vegetable. So, you know, one seed can roll up on shore, doesn't need any dirt. It'll sprout on lava rock and you can grow a coconut tree in the sand on gravel and lava. It's an amazing thing. And it's, it's called the tree of life. So I, uh, I compared my world to, it takes about six to seven years for a coconut sprouted to turn into a tree to actually have fruit. But once that tree is there, it'll produce for 70 years or more, up to 100 years. So we are like the coconut. It takes us a while to really develop, evolve, to sprout, to grow, to learn. And then we can actually harvest the fruits of our labors down the road. So patience is the real, real key to this whole thing for me. And not thinking short term, not thinking quick fix, not thinking I gotta just got to be rich real quick. I actually have an 80-year plan to grow the business and to to be um, in the likes of some of these other entrepreneurs. I mean, if you you listen to Phil Knight, I just finished his book called Shoe Dog, and he's he's in a it's an inspiring story to hear all those different things that he went through and maxed out from the 60s, from 1962 to where it is now. And to, he's, he's 82 years old. He's worth almost $40 billion, but it ain't even about that. It was never about that for him. He was a pioneer. He was, an, he was um, just surrounded himself with all kinds of really amazing people. And, and he would be nothing without all those people. So it's not just about yourself. It's about the people you surround yourself by, your mentors, your, your associates, your partners. And, and building those relationships is what's going to get you all the way there. Hugely. And a couple of things that came to light for me when you were talking about that is, first of all, that comparison to the coconut is very apt, I think, especially as an entrepreneur, that versatility and adapting, that it is a bit of a long game and it requires a lot of planning. It's no short term thing, you know, anything. What's that expression? Easy come, easy go. And it's there for a reason. So that 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 kind of metaphor, I think, is very important to keep in a person's mind when you're looking at the future and how to get out of those tough situations and change your life from the circumstance that you don't want to the desired reality. And it takes a while. But the other side of it is like the coconut tree itself, because it's looked after itself and it's planted, it's rooted and it's set. It can then bear fruits of his labor for much time to come. Similarly with us as people, if you're talking about your families and taking care of people, the planet, the generation coming up, behind you by positioning yourself to be happy and to live with passion and purpose, contributing value back to the world. That's the best way and how you can have that value pass on down and leave the world in a slightly better place than when you came into it. So I respect that. It resonates with me and I hope the audience can see that and take something from your story to implement a change in their life that will allow them to go on that same pathway. You know, part of understanding your own power, I had to learn my own power. And the first thing that happened was um, 
my father, they all told me my father would be in prison for almost the rest of my life. They said, he'll never get out. It's impossible. I talked to the top attorneys. I talked to uh, the mayor. I, I mean, I, I literally went around the whole town trying to figure this out because my little sister was growing up without a dad. I wasn't, I wasn't a good father to her. I was just figuring it out myself. And so I ended up getting my dad pardoned out of prison after everyone told me it was wow. impossible. I lobbied the entire Supreme Court in Nevada. Um, I was able to get 30 people that didn't know my dad to write letters, to call the governor. Uh, it took me eight years, but we got him out. And, you know, my pops is out. You know, he got to see his mom before she died, you know, got to have a, a rebuild a relationship with my little sister and different things down the road. But it's it's just one of those things that no matter what, if you think and speak and believe in something, you can make it happen. You got to just take action and, and just move on it. Just say, you know, because when they're telling me this shit, I didn't have any money to pay millions of dollars to attorneys. They were the attorneys were telling me, I don't care if you have a million dollars, kid. I can't get your dad out. He's toast, whatever. And I said, all right, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to do it myself. I said, you're wrong. I'll get it done. And then I just got it done. Um, so that's just one of the things that um, when people are trying to figure it out, they start to ask permission from other people. And that's the biggest mistake, I think. When you're, when you're really trying to put your life together, you can't ask someone permission to put your life together. You have to, you have to just go take what's rightfully yours in your brain and in your heart, and you got to go get it. Completely. I mean, if you're going to do something, make a decision, do it with a will and see it through. And especially when it comes to those circumstances, I mean, that's going against the dominant thinking of your close family and friends, which is the trademark of an entrepreneur as such but never mind in that category that was a different world for you to overcome altogether so the power behind that and i think that example and that that's a form of leadership you know to anybody listening if they're in doubt about a decision whatever it is whatever crossroads you are in life they could take a lot from that i mean we're not just talking about something small here i mean we're talking about a very deep personal story something that was enormously difficult you know these quote-unquote professionals said it was impossible, couldn't be done. And look, it took time. It was the long game, much like the coconut. It wasn't quick fix, but you succeeded. You got it. You you managed it. It was done. It's the impossible. You went against the grain. So I think there's to pause in that for a second and understand what power there is in that. I mean, that was the power of choice. And that's another bit of a way to look at this is no matter what circumstances we're in, we all have the power of choice realizing it is the first thing and then executing on that is unfortunately the difficult part that we just i know paralysis by analysis it seems like it's too much and we never get it done and whether it's getting your father out of prison setting up your companies steering your family in a more positive direction is a huge example it's leadership and i give you 10 out of 10 for accomplishing it Vinny. it's a massive great respect to you I appreciate it. Thanks, man. And it's a, it's a journey every day. You're going to be faced with, you know, uh, mountains to scale each day. Everything's, you know, some people are going to die. People are going to get sick. Somebody going to get COVID. Somebody, all these things can happen in a, in a second, just like that. So enjoy every second and seize the moment, you know, don't get caught up on, you know, stupid little stuff. 
you gotta you gotta just you gotta enjoy everything that comes your way it's a, it's all a blessing in disguise and most importantly show up because <laughs> that's the first step hey tell me um what would you what would you say and contribute to your success, you know, like a daily habit. What's something you could share with people that you'd say is a good starting point to implement routine and get this mindset on track? I think the best thing for all of us is to do our best to own our morning. And for me, it's taking my subs. It's, it's getting in a good stretch or good workout. Um, before 10 a.m., if you can get your workout in, get some, get a, get a good solid meal, you start the foundation of the day out right. Um, do your best to write down your lists of what you want to get done before the day. Uh, those are simple little tools that have helped me. I, I know that when I don't write things down and I don't kind of plan them out, they don't end up happening. Same thing with meals, just planning things out a little bit. You're always going to have distractions. You're always going to have things that are going to take you off path, but just stay every day reset. I think one of my real skill sets uh, that I practice is having a short-term memory. And I, I know it sounds silly, but um, be able to forget every day is a new day. So you wake up and it's be able to just erase and reset um, for me. I, I say this thick skin, short-term memory and positive attitude. Those mm -hmm. are my small daily habits that when somebody comes to you with some crazy toxic shit or something comes your way, be able to just take it in and then wipe it away. And then just like wax on, wax off that shit because um, it's, it's, it's a, it's one of those things that can shake you. You can get shook. If you can get shook easy, they can get to you easy and then you're hanging on to it and you don't, you're like stuck. That's where they get you. But if they come at you and get you off your thing and you're like, you, you feel it, you're going to get, you're going to get rocked, but to be able to just, you know, move on from it. That's the key. That's a, it's a good, if, if I could, I guess, give a tip to anyone is to one practice your thick skin because everyone gets, you know, stabbed and you, you're going to get hit, but to be able to, um, get over it short-term memory and then be positive of seeing the outcome in a positive light to how it helped you and then move on. That's, that's the key that I say that I, I deal with every day. Yeah. It really rings true what you said at the start, which is your kind of expression of every setback is what an opportunity for a comeback or, or something to that effect. The setback's yeah. a setup. It's a setup. Everything's a setup for a comeback. So every setback is your setup. All right, cool. You gave me this platform. Now I'm going to catapult off of it. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. People don't understand the value in in what you just said because it sounds so simple, but. I've kind of come to learn that there's no way of getting growth in your life and moving forward and having that sense of meaning without getting out of that comfort zone to begin with. And unfortunately, that's going to come with friction, be it people, circumstances, jobs, finances, uh, you know, generally all of them, probably at the same time. But again, growing that thick skin, as you said, just to be able to go, OK, it is what it is. 
It's not what it's not. Today is today. These are my outcomes and setting those intentions, hugely important. Couldn't agree with you more on that as well. And then just executing it, getting it done, switching off. The day is done. Next day, new start. It sounds simple, but as we know, it takes practice sometimes. It's uh, a and, practice. And, and, and you're never going to be perfect at it. You got to keep practicing. The, the funny part was, is that I had set my sights on Shark Tank, on getting on that show. Mm-hmm. I, had, I wrote it down. I set the goal and I worked. And it took me almost two years to get on that show, but I got on to Shark Tank, right? I thought I was, I mean, I hit the goal, right? And then I set another goal. I said, I want to do a deal with Mark Cuban or one of the sharks. I was like, I'm going to get a deal. Went in, rehearsed. I had the pitch down. I rehearsed it over 200 times down pat in, right? I I was singing and doing the whole dance. Uh, And when I got into the tank, they all went out. None of them did a deal with me. They didn't even make an offer. Okay. And at that moment, I was devastated, absolutely crushed because there was no plan B. I didn't have a plan B. I'm going in. I got in the tank. I'm going to get in the tank and I'm going to get a deal. Well, as soon as they all went out, I realized in that moment that I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm out. But you know what? I'm not going out with my head between my legs and mope out of here like, like some defeated person. So I grabbed my ukulele and I sang right out of the room. Never turn my back on these sharks. I walked in singing. They went out. I walked out singing, staring them down, walked out backwards, in fact. And so the, the key to that one, and then I cried in the back. No bullshit. I, I, I hit the stairs in the back and I was bawling like a little baby and it hurt deep because it was like fuck i didn't even get a deal and so that was really the moment for me though was when the producers came over to me and they were like i'm gonna let you in on a little secret they're like we're glad you didn't get a deal and i was like what and they're like look 90 percent of all the deals that do go on tv don't ever close and they were like the, the deals that do close, the sharks rape them. They end up losing their companies and they end up just messing up the deal. So I came to realize that it wasn't about the sharks. It wasn't about somebody coming in to help me or save me or nothing. It's on you. It's all you. It's on you and your team and your vision and your mission and your execution. Nobody else can be able to do that better than you. And that's what the, that's what it taught me. And so um, it almost happened exactly like that with, the profit on the on the profit show talked to you know they they said oh well you don't have your patent and uh oh well Vinny you don't know your numbers well enough it was just a bunch of mush and uh at the end of the day I did take it I take all criticism and all feedback as as I take it to heart I, I look at it I listen to it I learn I grow but at the end of the day uh what I realized is that nobody is gonna um, live your dream or, or uh, like you, I mean, it's your dream. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do you and your dreams. You can't leave it to anyone else. So yeah, if, you, if they're writing checks into your business, they gotta be able to feel and live and, and breathe your dreams for you. Not, not, uh, and if there's not an alignment there, then don't take their money. There's no person as I've said this a few times, <laughs> 
because it's becoming very prevalent in the theme of this mindset development. There's never a man on a white horse coming to show up and save you, ever. It is on you and nobody else. And I also think that idea of going through the experience and even the failure, you carried it through and it became momentum for the next thing and the next thing and you saw it through. And that's admirable because whilst it's needed to not have a plan B, you know, that whole burn the ships and that's what carries through success, your, your honesty in saying that you didn't have one and, you know, you were crying and it, it, it messed things up. It's very important to also be honest with that because we need to know that that's what's behind the scenes. It's not a one-time hero story. It's not as we read it in the fairy tales. It's, it's you know, it's like, yeah, Robin Hood. You know, how many times did we, uh, did we not see the version where he gets his ass kicked and he gets an arrow shot in him as he's running away? Or, <laughs> you know, this is more the reality. And if we're not shown that... How can we ever think to step out of our comfort zone and pursue that dream if we think it's meant to go this way, which is one direction, and we get faced in the opposite? You know what? That's the end of it, and then we don't go anywhere? If you would have listened to that, you wouldn't be where you are now. So to everybody listening, again, going against the grain, do it. You know, if you've been put on this planet to do something, if it if you feel it singing, and you can't sing a note to save your life, go and sing regardless, because that's what you've been put here to do. And at least it's going to open a door somewhere at some stage that is meant for you, and that will not pass you by, whatever it is. Yeah, it's true. And I think I heard Wayne Dyer say it one time in some interview where he said, "You have to you have to sing all the music until there's no more song inside of you. You have to sing it all out. You have to let all the music that's inside of you out. And then when it's all out, then the show's over. And so as long as you have some kind of noise or rumbling or something going on inside of you, you got to get that out into the world, you know, and, and do whatever you got to do to translate it and get it communicated out there, you know. So everyone's here for a purpose. I do believe that. We all have. Uh, a gift. We're all dealt a hand. And it's, it's, uh, it's one of these things where we're all dealt a hand uh, that we have to play, but you got to play the hand, you, you know, you don't have to necessarily uh, play the, you, you got to play the hand you're dealt, but you don't have to always um, have been dealt a good hand. You can still win the game. With even mm -hmm. if you've dealt the shittiest hand of all, it's how you play it, you know. So, as long as you're at the table, baby, you you got action. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know there was a when I got started in this game, I entered my own share of criticism, and that's okay. I was prepped and told it's going to come with the territory, and Brian Rose of London Real was actually the man that was steering and guiding me behind the scenes. And for that, I'm very grateful. His influence has helped to change the course of my life, you know. And he gets his own criticism these days, you know. Everybody does. Everybody's an expert. But you know what? There's a couple of things that stuck with me. And he said, Keelan, criticism is a sign of success. You know, you might not be right, but it's a sign of success. It means you're, you're going out of the mold. You're pushing the narrative. And even though guests on the show here... Again, I might not agree with everything that they say, but they're pushing the narrative and we've got the platform here to talk about it, to see how the ideas come out 
have them discussed and then see which one is good, implemented, take place. And that's how we evolve as people. But you have to step out of that comfort zone. And to do that is like, it's really scary when that, when that criticism comes on, whether it's your patent isn't there, you don't get the deal. It's like, oh no. And are you going to let us, you're going to let it define you because whether it's the critics or whether it's the likes of not getting the deal, think about this. If we would have turned around and changed who we are, how we think, how we operate in the world to accommodate those critics, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. And you know what the big irony is? They're only fair weather critics because they're here today. They make a lot of noise. You know, they say what they got to do to make themselves feel better. I don't know. And then suddenly they're gone to the next thing next week and they're criticizing somebody else. So would you have turned around and changed who you are, all of your content, your pattern and your idea just to keep these critics happy? And then they wouldn't even be there. You know, so it's like that's the thing is being able to see that bigger picture and get out the other side and... The other part of what he advised me and it stuck with me is and and Grant Cardone actually said it to him which is pre prevalent if you look at the links that I created back to back to Grant but you never see somebody hating on say for example the homeless guy in the street you know it's like they, they don't do it you know they don't you don't hear anybody public say well it's his fault for being homeless or you know the way that people might speak but they don't speak that publicly. However, they hate One Direction and that's up nine times out of 10. And again, it's a difficult path to go on, but my understanding of it, and let me know what you think, it's been that it's hard for people to see somebody living a life that they want to have because it's got nothing to do with you at the end of the day. It's actually to do with them and the understanding of perhaps failures and inability to take action on their own dreams would you agree with that or what do you think about that yeah well i mean everyone is uh you know they say when you're pointing a finger at somebody you always have three fingers pointing back at yourself so if you if you actually do the action of pointing you see those three fingers pointing right back at you and so when anyone is uh sort of trying to chop down the grass next to them to make them feel taller it's always that that they feel like they've not done something or they have regrets or their own self-esteem or their own self-confidence that's what's causing that sort of toxicity i call it everyone spews toxic opinions or blah 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 everybody can play armchair quarterback when they're watching the game from the couch but if you get on the field okay you're on that field and you got a 350 pound line coming at you and you're trying to find the receiver and you hear the noise of the crowd and the coach is screaming in your ear and you got to tune all that bullshit out and laser in a pass to the touchdown end zone that's all that's going to matter at that moment and so all the guys on the couch if they wanted to be an owner of the team be a player in the game uh, even be a coach, whatever it is, then they'd be there, but they had, would have had to do certain things to put them there. So that's, everyone has their place. Um, there's worker bees, there's queen bees, there's ants and flies and shit. There's all of it in the ecosystem. You just got to know where you fit into it.
and where you want to fit into it because all of us are going to turn into shit one day and we're no, none of us are coming out of here alive and we can't take any of the money or the jewelry or the planes, or the trains and none of that shit's coming with us when we die. So it's all about how we live and how we nurture the relationships and build the relationships here while we're here and what we build that's going to carry on our legacy when we go. It was like this whole karma thing. I, I just read this the other day. It said that the, uh, the bird eats the ants its whole life. And then when the bird dies, the ants eat the bird. And so it's like, you got to realize you're, where you're at. Some guy could be talking shit about you one day. And then all of a sudden, the next day, he's asking you for a job. You know what I mean? And so that's where the karma comes in and how, who you are and where you are in the whole chain and in the circle of the system where you put yourself is, is all on, on the daily decisions that we make. You get out what you put in and that's about the blunt of it. And you have the power of choice to decide what you're going to put in. It's like, I use this example a few times. If I go to the gym and I just train legs all day, well, my legs are the only thing that's going to grow. <laughs> but if I decide to kind of do the all in package, everything else is going to grow. Similarly, if I sit down and I start devising my plans, how to bring down Vinny, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to get anywhere bringing my plans to flourish, am I? And, you know, it's a simple concept, but it's a great lesson for life in an overarching picture. Hey, tell me, if we think back now to the 20-year-old who's struggling, male or female, family circumstances, whether they're transitioning from college or job, but someone that's at a crossroads in life, that's trying to make a new decision and see it through, What's a little piece of advice you could give them to get them started on that journey? Set the target, start shooting and start going. Just keep taking shots. Swing as hard as you can, as, as much as you can, and, and just go for it. I mean, seriously, set a goal, fail, set a new goal. Keep showing up. Keep going to the dance. Even if no girl wants to dance with you, keep asking the girls out to dance keep showing up, you know, and one day your song is going to come on and she's going to, she's going to hit the floor with you. It's going to happen. Just keep on as long. Like I said, as long as you got a, a seat at the table, you got action. It's not about, you know, anything but showing up to the table and being hungry to eat. So stay hungry, you know, stay healthy, stay happy. And uh, that's all you can do. That's all we can do here in this world. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, that whole at least show up is crucial because the amount of people, what do they say the most valuable place in the world is? The graveyard. Because that's for all those great <laughs> ideas that should have come to flourishion, die and never get brought out into the world. And how, how can you ever do it without showing up? I, like I tell people, ideas are shit. I'm sure I'm not the first guy to come up with this idea. but. I am one of the first ones to make it and to take it to market and to make it successful. I'm the only guy that's taken it to the resorts and made it real. And so that's what it takes showing up, executing, making it real and don't give up till it's done. And then when it's done, then do it more, duplicate it or go next level, take, you know, make the next thing. But, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it reminds me of like, just, Stop thinking about yourself is my tip to anyone. Add value to somebody else's life. 
the more you give, the more you're going to get. So stop making it about you. If you can flip the script and just say, you know what? I want to be uh, a Grant Cardone one day, or I want to be, you know, a Phil Knight or whoever your mentor is. I want to be like Napoleon Hill, or I want to be like this person. You have your mentor, you have your goal, pick five people that are like that person and go give them an opportunity, give them something, give them something and add value (laughs) to their world and see what you can see what you get out of it. Just try that. Try adding value to somebody else's life and being there for somebody else. And then uh, I I feel like the more you give, the more you're going to have. They're very, very powerful words. And I, for one, couldn't agree with you more because I've seen the process of how that really does work, but you have to take the step and do it. So look, for people that want to follow up more on you, investigate more who you are, look at your products, where can they find you? So you can find me on CocoTaps, C-O-C-O-T-A-P-S dot com. You can find me on Instagram at CocoVinny, that's C-O-C-O-V-I-N-N-Y, and also CocoTaps for you on all Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I'm easy to find. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always on the road. Um, that's how actually we met one of our really cool, really cool cats. Joey reached out and, and put us together. So that's uh that's just the way it works. You never your your network is becomes your net worth. And I'm I'm uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak to you and your whole crew. And uh let's let's have some more fun. Come to Vegas. Come see me in Vegas. We'll get you some coconuts, brother. And uh, I'm sure we'll be meeting up across the pond as well. Yeah, well, look, you know, I think we've got some interesting things uh, that are coming to flourish in the background off of connecting, and I can't wait for those to come to the table. But uh, in the meantime, I really do appreciate you taking the opportunity and the time to come on my show. I know you're busy, and there's going to be a lot more that we can explore in the future as your business develops, and I look forward to bringing that out. Awesome. Well, uh, Coco, love to you and all the fans, and uh, just congratulations on all you're building with your show, brother. It's really cool. Hey, listen, I appreciate it. Coming from someone like you who's achieved what you've achieved, that means a lot to me. All right, brother. Well, we'll take care. I'm around.